Tonight's class was sponsored by Mushka Polichenko. This is in honor of her birthday, just today. And only, only good things. Mazel and Brach and Silchis. And everything good in the revealed goodness in abundance. And in honor for for Shalema, for Ahuva Zilpa Basrachal Pina. May she have a complete, a complete, complete refuah. Thank you. All right. We are continuing a discourse we were learning for the last two weeks. Um, this is a beer. And we're holding in Siv Gimel over here on page Mem Vav and Pasha Shalach. So page Mem Vav and Pasha Shalach. Okay. Just a gist to catch everybody up with the gist of the discourse. And I, I, I do have to say that I lack preparation. So Hashem will help that uh, it will come together. What we do say, or I will say, is that we were learning earlier the concept of the tzitzis, the, the fringes at the edges of the garment, and the idea of the blue fringe. To make it very brief, the idea is that the the point of those tzitzis is to help us be separate from God and at the same time have a fire to reconnect to Him. That's the idea. Shem creates a creation and gives us like independence, sends us off. But then He wants us from within our own free choice to rejoin Him. If you look at a at a, at the at the blue, there's a, there's one fringe that's blue, one thread is blue. The color of the blue he brings from the Zohar is the same color that's kind of when you're watching a, a wick, a fire burning. So right around the wick, it's a dark fire, a bluish fire. That dark fire, why is it dark? If the rest of the fire is, is bright and fire is bright, why is this fire dark? And the explanation is because the, because this fire is taken from something foreign that is being incorporated into the fire, being assimilated into the fire so that's why it's darkening the fire because it's something that's outside of the fire that's now losing itself into the fire it's surrendering itself into the fire the upper part of the fire is pure fire fire that is just essentially fire but the blue fire is something that is not fire and it is burning up to be fire so the same is also when we take ourselves who have a separateness you know to to the certain range, to a certain range in the process of create of of evolving worlds, is a certain level where everything is still him. There's nothing but him. So we know the first of the four worlds called Atzilut is just it's just an extension of God. It's just him. So within there, there's no blue fire because it's just him. It's just plain God. Divinity is called fire. But once God begins to interact with creation, which creations have a state of separateness and a consciousness of self, and then they they surrender themselves back to become nullified to God's will, um, and therefore attaching themselves back to him, that's called, that's why it's a blue fire. So the point of the tzitzis is to help us not, well, and let me relate it to the garment. Let's, let's relate it to the garment and relate it to the four corners of the garment. This is the very important point that has to be always kept throughout the entire discourse, even though we learned it quite at great length in the past two classes. Just the, the very shortest description. 
the garment represents the veil that God is veiling himself. Because without the veil, then everything would be him. Because he is. There's no is but him. So it's all him. Because he veils himself in a veil, and a he garbs himself, he conceals himself, that's what creates this kind of ability for there to exist others than, than Hashem. Okay? That veil, that garment, is kingship. Because because God puts up a hat, God puts on a hat of being a king, then he that's what generates a creation that is not him. Because if he wants to be a king, he better have somebody who is not him serving him. Because everybody, because you you can't be a king on yourself. If you are singular and alone, there's no kingship. So when we're talking about the garment, it's the attribute of kingship, which transitions the energy, which transitions from a state of absolute only him to a state of separateness. It's the last of the divine attributes, that's why. Because that's when the energy sort of exits God to create outside of him. So now we understand the significance of a garment. Now let's take it one step further. What is represented by the four corners of the garment? Because tzitzis you put on only on a four-corner garment. Or even if it's a six-corner garment, you put it on the four corners that are most farthest from each other. So what's the significance of the four corners? Four corners are out of God's kingship come four primary creations, which we know when, when, when you saw the, the chariot of God, you see God sitting on a throne and beneath him are these four beasts. So these four beasts are the creation heads. So, do we speak, so what that would mean is the beginning of creation, but there's different forms of life, so there are four. Similar to the concept that we also read in Beratius, where it speaks about a river that forks into four rivers. The river is the flow of life, the flow of energy. Forking into four rivers represents the energy becoming separated into different forms of life. So we have, for example, the animal, we have the, 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 the plants, the different things. And also, you know, human, animal, beast, animal, different types, bird, different types of creatures. So that's hinted to. And they exist in all worlds. For example, angelic beings are called are called beasts and the like. So this exists on all levels. But whatever it is, they're all in a state of separate consciousness. So the four corners of the garment really is the point where the creation breaks away from God. That's the concept of the of of the four corners of the garment. The putting of the tzitzis there, of those fringes there, is to when you is to bring the creation back. God pushes it out, but yet he wants to keep the creation on a leash. Right? That's the idea. Because without the tzitzis, we would just run away and not come back. It's the idea. And, oh, and, 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 and where do you see it in the tzitzis? What does it mean to come back? To surrender your, your, your wants, your desires, to, to have God override my desire. Because if I would run my life by what I want, I would do a whole lot of things that God doesn't approve of. You're having, sadly, kids running in on, on rooftops shooting up people because they just couldn't care less because to them God doesn't exist. They're doing what they want. 
So obviously, you know, when a person is so full of self that they don't can't hear any 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 anything else other than themselves, we're in big trouble. That's an extreme example. But even on the little things, you know, you can make a little more money by being a little dishonest. You could be a little this. You can you, know, you can be a little, you know, follow the, the the desire of one's heart in 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 so many different ways. So it's constantly a struggle to put God before yourself, to put your put your purpose and mission for why you're here to be more important than what gives me pleasure and satisfaction, I want to surrender myself to my mission. That concept is the idea of the blue fringe of the tzitzis, which, 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 which keeps us connected. Now, last week, we're going to add another idea to this. This idea of the separation, but the separation coming back and reunifying is also, is also seen as the concept of man and then the breakaway woman. Initially, man was a man, and he included Eve. Chava was part of Adam. Eve was part of Adam. And then what happened was, Hashem broke off a rib from Adam, and he created Eve. But the purpose of, of Chava becoming an independent person wasn't that she should run off you know, to her own little you know, art, artistic little place and do her own little thing. The purpose of Chava was that she should come back and marry Adam. So it's the same idea. They are separated into two, but the purpose, they should become back one again. So how do you how do you assure that when you break a woman away from man, she's not going to be happy being single and she's going to want to go back and meet her, 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 uh, her other half and get married. And we, and on the greater picture, we are God's wife. We ought to be God's wife, but sometimes we don't want to be a wife. We want to do our own thing. It's the same idea, bringing the woman back to the man. Now, here's the idea. We spoke about the blue thread. The blue represents this, this, this surrendering of I. That's the blue fire. It's the surrendering of the I back into the greater godliness. But what are the, what are the, all the other white, white strings? For every blue thread, there are seven white ones. What does the white represent? What does the tzitzis represent? Why the fringes and why the here? Why the tzitzis? So here's a very important idea. In order for the woman who is kind of set loose and given her own liberty and her own freedom and her own independence, in order for her to want to be in a relationship, which is natural to a woman because a woman wants to be in a relationship, because isha, the word isha, has the word ish, fire. Fire means, fire is passion and desire. She wants, she gravitates, like fire gravitates to its source, the woman gravitates to her husband. And that means the creation has it within itself. And in the creation, particularly the souls, and particularly the souls of Israel, the Jewish people, have a fire for God. But here's a very important idea. That fire could be very easily forgotten. That fire can be very easily die out. And we can get caught up with all kinds of other stuff and totally forget that we have a source that we'll, we gravitate to. So the point, so therefore we say that the fire of the woman to the man comes from the man triggering that fire. Because he has to trigger that fire through his own fire. His fire to her is what she senses, and that's what creates a reciprocating fire. And that's why we know 
man is also called fire. Woman is called fire. And man is called fire. Woman is called Isha, which is Ish, which has the letters Ish in it. And man has the letters Ish, which is also fire. But the difference is both these words had an added letter to it. By Ish, there is an extra Yud. There is a Yud there. In addition to the word Ish, there is a Yud. And by the Isha, there is an Ish He. What's the significance of the Ish Yud and the Ish He? It's because the Ish Yud is male fire. That's Yud. Female fire. It's the, it's the fire of the, of the influencer. Mashpia. In our relationship with God, it's God's fire to us. Isha is Ish He. It's the, it's the fire from the recipient wanting to connect to its its uh its source so so these are the so her fire comes from his fire how does that show itself up in the tzitzis so when you see tzitzis dangling you know this is not just plain white strings i'm happy that i got a new pair of tzitzis so they're nice and white now (laughs) so it's good in any case, the, the, the tzitzis that you have, these are not just what these really are. What these really are are, rope, are ropes of fire. That's what it is. These are, this is God's channeling of his fire that he channels down to us to help pull us back. If you look in the parsha, now really the truth is like this: God's fire that He's transmitting to us to bring back the soul, and the soul does not wander out into the, you know, into the endless expanse, but the soul turns around and reunifies with its source, seeking to engage and connect to God. The reminder to the soul to come back, the sizzle, God sends a sizzle. That sizzling fire that he sends to the soul is really delivered to the soul through the mitzvot that we do. And as when you'll say, but if I'm doing mitzvot already, I'm kind of already in a relationship. I'm already doing good. I don't need a reminder. It's the problem is the person who doesn't do the mitzvot that needs the reminder. No, people who do the mitzvot also need the reminder because you can do mitzvot and just do them robotically and just. And, and not all the time. And even when you do them, you're not really invested in them. So even when you're kind of observant, you still need to. That's when it really starts. That's when it really starts getting. That's when you have to build the romance. That's when you really have to build the fire of the relationship. That's when you really need to get into it. And the mitzvahs help us get into it. Because the mitzvahs are a delivery of God's fire to us. Every mitzvah is a channel of the divine to the soul we receive that divinity in the mitzvah and that and that and that creates within us isha our fire to go back last week we learned there are 248 mitzvahs corresponding to the 248 limbs of god god projects himself like a human and a human has 248 limbs the mitzvahs are hashem's image through which he is channeling his fire down to us. The woman, the Isha, we, the soul, absorbing these mitzvahs, these incredible godly 
energies flowing to the soul, these spiritual fiery downloads that are downloaded into the soul have a very powerful impact. What do they do? They call us back towards God. And we, as the wife, also 248 limbs, plus the two arms of God, pull her, pulling her back. Together, 248 plus 2 is 250. 250 is ner. The, what does it say about a soul? Ner Hashem nishmas adam. The soul of man is compared to a flame. That's the fire of a woman. It's going upward, seeking to rejoin, to reconnect. So we become a nair, we become a fire as a result of his channel to us, which is really coming through all the mitzvot. But it's particularly through the tzitzis. More than all the mitzvahs, it's being reflected in the tzitzis. That's why the tzitzis, which are these fringes, the Torah says, if you do this mitzvah, you will see these tzitzis. You will remember all the mitzvot of God. There's the tzitzis, have for some reason, they incorporate within themselves, they're the DNA of all the mitzvot, in just this one mitzvah. It's a very, very uh, uh, inclusive mitzvah. By the way, I, I heard something really special this week, that there was a chassid. No, you know what, I'll, I'll add that in a moment, because, so, but why the tzitzis? What is, what's the idea? So, the channel, the, 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 um, the influence that is coming from the man to the woman, to create the woman, within the woman, a desire to come back, is mystically associated, and we can see it physically as well, but it's mystically associated that Chachma, which is the masculine, that's the Yud, that's the Eish Yud, the fire of the Yud, Yud is Chachma, it's the first of the ten spherot, is the Chachma is delivered to Malchut, and there's, a, there's a, a very big connection between what's called father and daughter. Malchus's daughter, that's already the creation. It's, that's the woman's world. Malchus is female. The father's fire, which is the Yud, he delivers from his Chachma to her. And that's in a relationship too, because the physical intimacy between a husband and a wife, between a man and a woman, is really deriving from his brain. And that's where he's channeling his 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 himself, so to speak, to her, and that's what keeps her des- connected and desiring and wanting to be remain in the relationship with him. So that's the transmission of the Yud, of him to her, is from his Chachma. Now we know that Chachma, in, in, in the realm of Chachma, there's a very significant number, which number is very, very much related to Chachma, is the number of 32. Because as we know, there are 32 pathways of Chachma. Lamed Beis Nesiva is Chachma. 32 pathways of Chachma. So we're ready when we take a look at the tzitzis. We appreciate. Each corner has four tzitzis. I'm sorry, eight. And there are four of them. Eight times four is 32. So you got what you have hanging on the, on the, on the, on the uh, edges of your garment, for a man at least, What's hanging at the edges of the garment is the is the channeling of the 32 pathways of wisdom down to the malchut, down to our soul to help help keep us interested in him. Help keep our souls constantly connected. 
Okay, 32 pathways. But why is it coming in these narrow streams? What's the what's the idea of the stream? Now, let me just stop when I just mentioned 32. And I said, I'll tell you a story. There's an amazing story I, I, I saw this week. And this is the first time I did it. The first time I did, and I hope I remember. Like, well, no, not like all the other things which I start doing for three days and then I forget about it. But this is like hopefully something I should remember. A chassid once went to the Rebbe for Yechidus. I don't think a chassid went to Yechidus. There was, because in Yechidus, I don't think this would be possible. Someone was talking to the Rebbe, and I guess he was someone close to the Rebbe. I have to take a look again at who it was. And he he seemed to imply that he's a little bit in a rush. <laughs> How do you do that when you're talking to the Rebbe? I don't know. And the Rebbe said, well, you got rushing. And he basically said he has a dentist appointment. But the Rebbe says, dentist? Like, dentist? Like, you shouldn't go to the dentist, the Rebbe says. And now that you, you have the appointment already, you should go. But in order to have good teeth and not to have any problems with the teeth, well, the, what you do is when you hold your talus, the talus, before we put it on, we put it on our shoulder. You're supposed to inspect the... You're supposed to inspect the strings of the tzitzis. Most people do it very quickly. Really, you're supposed to inspect them, make sure it's kosher. Say You say a certain verses. So the Rebbe says, if when you're inspecting the tzitzis, you count one, two, three, four, five, six, and you count, and there's 32 strings of tzitzis, and you count them, there's 32 teeth. So when you count your tzitzis, you take care of your teeth, basically. The best flossing you can do. The best, actually, it's, it's actually is good for flossing, right? Because you shouldn't use it for flossing, but it's the string. It's the best dental care you can do for your teeth. So this person, after he heard that from the Rebbe, started, started doing it every single day, and he never had a problem with his teeth. And he, someone else told the story over from this, I, I, again, I know the second person who told the story, his name is Rabbi Zilberstrom. I know a Zilberstrom from Yerushalayim, his name is Rabbi Yamin Zilberstrom, but in the story it didn't say Binyamin, maybe it's his father or his brother, I'm not sure. He related the story. I'll ask him, Bezir Shami. he usually pops up here in the middle of the summer, so he's due to come any, any, any week, this Rabbi Binyamin Zilberstrom he usually comes to visit to raise money here. So uh, if I remember, I'll ask him. Anyway, so he... This person said that he always counts the tzitzis, like, like the Rebbe said, and never had to visit a dentist. He has perfect teeth. So it's chus. I don't know what to do with the women. Maybe um, maybe you got to, you know, I, I don't know how it works. I told my wife I'll try to cover her teeth as well because the, the, the dental bills are like uh, a little too much. In any case, why strings? Why strings? So the last idea before we continue further, which we learned last week, is because we learned last week that the real hamshacha into Chachma. Chachma is just the first of the Sefirot. Chachma is already the beginning of the divinity that's already that's already in the process of limitation and boundaries. It's part of the passing down of the divine energy for the creation. So all the Sefirot are that. It's already attributes. Attributes is already very, very limited compared to the Ein Sof, compared to what's beyond Chach. So where does Chachma receive from? 
Chachma receives from Keter, from the crown. But since Keter is so vast, it's infinite, there can't be a flow from Keter light into Chachma, because if Keter, Keser light, the light of the crown, would come into Chachma directly, it would blow up the entire spherot, all the attributes. It literally would nullify all of existence immediately. Because you, you know, you're, this is a nuclear plant. You know, you're touching the essence of infinite light and infinite energy. That's why every hamshacha, every flow of energy coming from kesser, has to go through what's called the narrow hair of God. And that's literally what the tzitzis are. The tzitzis is a hamshacha, really from kesser, and then going down into chachma, turning into the thirty-two um, channels of chachma. And then from there, it's God's fire down to us to help and its effect upon us is that even though we have free choice and we have a whole bunch of delightful things that we can get distracted with in this world, but we don't become distracted and we remain loyal to our husband and our fire is to him, not to anyone else. Wow, for that itself was worth coming today already. Right? Awesome. Now we can learn inside. Now we're going to continue the rest of the puzzle. The rest of the mind. Perigim. Why? The reason I said Pasuk is because he's, he's explaining the verse. Love and Inyan. Now watch this. You would have never thought this. This is like he catches you by totally by surprise. Love and to understand Inyan. Who's a heart. And now it says, as a result of the tzitzis, what's going to happen? Who's a heart. It's called Mitzvah Hashem. On the first column of Memvav. You see it? You see where Memvav is? Perigim. Okay. To understand the concept of you will remember all the mitzvahs of God. So here he plays, he does such a he does such a wild twist on the word uzachartem. I love it. Usually uzachartem means you will remember. He translates uzachartem, you will you will masculinize from the word uzach from the word zachar. Zachar means male. And the cave is female. Uzachartem is Hashem means you will turn the mitzvot into masculine mitzvahs. That means as follows. The, the mitzvahs as they are on their own without our work, we'll soon see, are feminine. When we do, when we, through our work, there is a, there is a, a, a an impact on the mitzvahs where the mitzvahs become masculine. What's the benefit of the mitzvah being masculine? We'll see. You will make the mitzvah. You will, you will turn the mitzvahs into male. I guess in today's crazy world, we can talk about these stuff. You know, you can turn, right? Things move from one, from one to the other. But this is the, uh, right? You will make the mitzvahs male. You will make, and what is male? Male means an influencer, not influenced, but an influencer. It's explained, it is explained on the Kutte Torah. When he says Lakutte Torah over here, he means the Lakutte Torah of the Holy Ari. Not Lakuti Torah that we're learning. That's from the Alter Rebbe. With this, Tama Mitzvahs, Kibayz Oisius Matz Mitzvah. So the Ari says something phenomenal. Next time you, 
you'll get excited when you someone says, you know, let's do a mitzvah. So when we really appreciate what we're doing, we, we go wild. What's mitzvah? So the holy Ari says, the mitzvah is a little is is a little it's 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 um it's veiled. You know what the mitzvah really is? The mitzvah is God. When you're doing a mitzvah, means you are now doing. You're doing a divine. That's what you're doing. You're do- why? Because he says that in the word mitzvah, you have two letters of God's name, vav hey, it's Hashem's name. What you're lacking is the first two letters of God's name. You're lacking the yud and the hey. So the Ari says, but you're not lacking it. It's just camouflaged. Because the mem and the tzaddik that should have been yud are really yud but it's the, if you flip the, the, the cube around, behind the mem, you'll get the yud, and behind the tzaddik, you flip it around, like those things where you turn over a, a, a cube and there's another letter. When you when you when you when you when you un when you unmask the tzaddik, what's behind the letter tzaddik, you'll find the hey. Based on what? Based on a system called the atpash exchange. What's the atpash exchange? Atpash exchange is a system that's handed down from Sinai, or maybe from creation. It was given to the great Kabbalists and the great those who knew the inner secrets of God's letters that there's various different systems of interchanging letters. So the first letter and the last letter switch. And the second to, and the second letter in the olive base switches with the second to the last letter. These are like partners. And they can and they can and, and you can and these two letters could be you can exchange one with the other. Not that we can. God sets up a system where one with with the olive and the tough are partners. Okay. Based on this, Mem is the tenth letter from back. When you start the olive base back, number ten is 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 Mem, and number ten letter from the f- going forward from the olive is Yud. So Mem and Yud are partners. Um, tzaddik is the fifth letter from the back, and what's the fifth letter is Hey. So the Mem and the Tzaddik are really Yud and a Hey. So really, it's so there when it says do a mitzvah, it means do a, do a, do a yudke vavke. Do, because when you're doing a mitzvah, it's God's yudke vavke is fully revealed. Okay. And ba'at bash yudke. They're in the at bash yudke. And be'ez oisi is vavke the mitzvah. And then when you add the other two letters of mitzvah, that is shemavaya. So what does that mean? A mitzvah is not a nice act. A mitzvah is being divine. Because when you're doing a mitzvah, you're downloading Yudke Vavke. That's exactly what's happening. Why? Because the Zohar also tells us that how many mitzvahs do we have? 248, like we discussed earlier. What is 248? 248 is the sum total of limbs and organs that a person has. Now, the human being below is a reflection or a metaphor or a... the. Re- a little uh, made in the image of the human above, which is God. So when we have 248 mitzvahs, it's the 248 limbs of God. So when you're doing a mitzvah, you're actually just funneling God's limbs through your limbs down here below. It's called the 248 limbs of the king. 
Now, Malka, when we say the 248 limbs of the king, we mean the masculine side of God, which is the Ze'er Anpin. Okay, let's go back a minute to what we were talking about earlier. Earlier, we were talking about 10 spherot. So we know the first spherot, either six or nine are masculine. And the last one, Malchut, is the female. Now, the female is also called Shekhinah, which means the feminine element is the feminine element of God. It's also divine. Okay. But when we say the 248 limbs of the king are the mitzvot energies of the Shekhinah or are the mitzvot energies of what's called HaKadosh Baruch The difference is Shekhinah is the feminine element of God, which is already very much very close to creation, the mother of creation. Malchut, as we spoke earlier, Malchus is where God already really, really, really adjusts himself to the to the finite, to time and space. And then the higher spherot is where there's still a sense of the infinite there, a very powerful sense of the infinite. And that's why it's called Kadosh. Kadosh means removed, holy, above, beyond, and therefore distant. So when we say mitzvahs, where do mitzvahs come from? If mitzvahs are the limbs of the king, Malchus is not called king, she's called queen. If it's the limbs of the king, means mitzvahs are organs of mouth, of, of, of HaKadosh Baruch. Okay? Mitzvahs are organs and limbs and channels and downloads of HaKadosh Baruch. But hold it. That's not the simple meaning of a mitzvah. When we're doing a mitzvah, who's commanding us to do the mitzvah? What's the what's the what's the elementary element of observance before you become a Kabbalist and start getting into all the cool stuff and knowing that mitzvahs are downloads of God? But before you get into all of that, and you're just just a complete um, amateur beginner in your in your Judaism, or even even when you're not an amateur beginner, even if you're very very advanced. This is this is supposed to be the elementary beginning of every day and of the basic service. Is that God is my king and I'm submitting myself to his will by doing his mitzvah. So God is my king, he's the sovereign ruler. Kingship is feminine, it's the feminine side of God. That means that the mitzvahs are all called mitzvot hamelech. They're the mitzvot coming from Malchut, which is feminine. So here we have a little bit of a contradiction. Our mitzvahs beginning in the lowest realm of the divine, which is a feminine element of the divine, because mitzvot are called mitzvot hamelech, they're the mitzvahs of the king, and our relationship to the mitzvah needs to be with a simple submission. I'm doing the mitzvah because God said so, because my king told me, and I'm obeying the commandment. I'm a lawful citizen. I'm a lawful subject. Or is mitzvahs transcendental Energies that are much higher than creation. And the answer is, mitzvahs exist on both on both levels. We elevate the mitzvahs to be masculine, not only feminine. That's where he's going to. In other words, the initial place of the mitzvah, as the mitzvah emerges from God to us, it's emanating from the attribute of Malchus. God is looking at you as being your king and commanding you to listen, and you listen. But when we do the mitzvahs rightfully and correctly, meaning to say the mitzvah causes us to sizzle for God, 
In other words, the mitzvah turns on the romance in the soul. The mitzvah turns on the fire in the soul and starts creating within us a longing for God, a fire for God. Then we evoke God's masculinity and a higher level of the mitzvahs are revealed to us. And that means you will masculinize the mitzvahs. They won't only be mitzvah tamelech, the level of mitzvah of malchut, which is already, which is the a far lesser energy, but a far more expansive energy, which will come about when we do the mitzvahs. So well, that's what he's saying over here. So mitzvahs are called remach evarim the malka. Number one, he says mitzvahs are called yutke vavke. The word mitzvah is yutke vavke. Yudke Vavke is not is not Malchus. Malchus is Elokim. Yudke Vavke, the, 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 the tetragrammaton, is generally a name for the Zeir Anpin. That's called Yudke Vavke. In addition to that, we say mitzvahs are the 248 limbs of the king, which means they're really a channel of the masculine elements of the divine. Umalka Huza, and the, the Melech, the Malka, is Zeir Anpin. However, at, at certain times, Nikru, we know mitzvahs are called mitzvah samelech. They're called the, the mitzvah of malchut. Melech, of the king. And king is it. Ki mitzvah samelech, who he, because it's the mitzvah of the king. Ayin bezoyer, seif parashat shalach, davkuf, ayin hei, omad beiz, mitzvah b'malchus. It says clearly in the Zohar that mitzvahs stem from the attribute of malchus. The Torah, but Torah is higher than mitzvah. Well, there's mitzvahs and there's Torah. The mitzvahs come from the Torah. The Torah is higher. And the Torah is in the masculine element of God. Is in the Zeir Anpin. The Torah is And the Torah is in the Zeir Anpin. V'yash loimar. V'ratza What does that mean? The imkein hem b'malchus v'loy b'zah. So the Tzemach Tzedek explains his grandfather's mimer. That means that mitzvahs are in, in, in malchus and not in the Zeir Anpin. oid and more. Another idea. When you say it's the 240, in other words, another discrepancy between these two, these two locations of a mitzvah, origins of a mitzvah in the divine. Number one, is it from Malchus or is it from the Zairanpin? And by the way, it's an infinite difference. Because the Zairanpin is infinitely higher than Malchus. And I'll tell you even why. Ze'er Rampin is called the end, the tail end of the Ein Sof, of the infinite. Malchus is called the, 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 the beginning of the finite, of the world. You know, in the, in the, in the, in the uh, Holy of Holies, there were two cherubs. There was an Aron and there were two Keruvim. And the two Keruvim were looking at each other. And, they were, and, it, and it's explained that one of them was male and one was female. The male, it says, is the end of the orange self. It's the end of the of this infinite myriads and myriads of of godly levels until you get to the last, the last somewhat place where the infinite is still manifest. That's in in Zairanpin. Malchus is considered the mother of creation, the source already, the seed of creation. It's also divine. She's still, a, she's still a divine attribute, but it's already considered the beginning of finite. So the, and the difference between infinite and finite is what? Infinite. So it's like way beyond. So the question is, are the mitzvahs a godliness of Malchus or the mitzvahs of the Zeir But That's number one. Secondly, 
when we look a little deeper, in those sources that is attributing the mitzvah to the to the male side of God, it's saying the mitzvah is God's limbs himself. It's him. It's his limb. When we are attributing the mitzvah to malchus, what are we saying? It's not the limbs of malchus. We're saying it's the commandments of malchus. So now the difference becomes even so much greater. Because if it would be at least the limbs of the Shekhinah, okay, so that's the very substance of the Shekhinah. But this is only a commandment of her. A commandment of a person is not the person. It's only, it's, 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 a, it's a projection. It's some kind of an influence. It's, an, it's a ray, if you can say it. But it's not the person. So here, when it comes to the Zeir Anpin, we're saying the mitzvahs are the limbs. It's not his commandments. It's his very, it's his very body. When it comes to Malchus, we're saying the mitzvahs are her commandments. So it's a double, a double, a double distance. That's what he's asking over here. The another idea, the 248 limbs is the essence of the Zerah. The commandment of the king, and is only his commandment. The loy atz musoy, and it's not his essence. The evad of mamish and his limbs. Okay, so now we see that the answer is as follows. Here we have a question. The answer is as follows. Here we have a question. The answer is as follows. Which is Shechina. It's root. Where it's really, really, really sourced is in the limbs of the king himself. Why? Because everything that Malchus has, she's a rib of her husband. Think about it. If we're saying it's Malchus, but she does, she, she stems from him. And we said earlier, why she called Isha woman? She's taken from Ish. She's taken from him. But, but what he's saying is like this. It's true that what that the source of the mitzvahs are in the Zeranpin, which is so much greater. However, that source is not visible in the mitzvah. That source is only a source. It's not present in the actual mitzvah. However, when we do the mitzvahs and we do them correctly, and we engage in mitzvah observance, not half-heartedly, you know, you know, just like we're, you know, no choice, and we have to live this way because God, we have no choice. Then we're only activating the most external element of the mitzvah. But when we're really engaged, then we, uh, then we, through our mitzvah, through our observance, uncover the infinitely higher dimensions of the mitzvah. And then we reveal the male side of the mitzvah, the masculine energy of the infinite in the mitzvah. This is through man's work from below. You draw down to make the mitzvah be a vadim the malka, the limbs of the king. And this is how do we accomplish that? How do we accomplish that? He's going to ask a simple question. 
how when we are doing the mitzvah within this for one moment let's stop a second and ask ourselves in which level of this entire boundless infinite um, existence do we find ourselves are we operating in we are operating in the lowest of all worlds in the most nether of all of existence in the physical in a tiny little body and when we are doing the mitzvah we are doing the mitzvahs in such a in such a minuscule way these mitzvahs are so spectacularly every mitzvah literally sets off divine godly infinite fireworks but we just you know wrapping fill in lighting candles doing that like because because it's so camouflaged it's so it's so encased in these small little actions so now we're saying that when you do the mitzvah in your physical activity it's the most let's just put it this way it's the poorest it's the poorest and probably and weakest form possibly that a mitzvah can be in its physical encasement because just the mere fact that you're, you're doing a physical action with physical stuff as opposed to moving moving spiritual energies especially godly energy yet so then one asks how can it be that our mitzvah will trigger the mitzvah so high to the point that they're even higher than shekhinah they're 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 the masculine lights of god and his limbs how so he says because you see within a person if a person stubs their toe Where does it? Where, they jump. It hurts. If you if you give yourself your your, your toe a good stub, then you you go hopping around and jumping like a maniac. Who's jumping? The entire person is jumping, including the brain, and, and that's really where you feel it the most. You felt it in your head. Your your, your your nerve system rings it up in the head. So all the way up there, and basically he says that's how much God feels our mitzvah. You're stubbing him in the toe. The physical world down here might be the toe. It might be the toenail. But it's ringing up so high. And it's really feeling. He really feels it there. On the highest, highest of levels. That's another awesome line that is enough if we just read that one line. But that's what he says. Just like he says. The person touches a person's toe. Margish b'mayach, you feel it in your head. So too, through a physical mitzvah that a person does in this physical world, it has, it rings up, it reverberates all the way up in its source. And because and even when you're doing the mitzvah in the most simplest of forms, in other words, when we're doing the mitzvahs, we're not in tune with the divine energies. We're not true with anything. We just know that what God commanded me and therefore I'm doing it. So I'm in the lowest rung of the mitzvah. Yet, it's the same mitzvah. Noigeya, you're actually touching. Let that sink in. Noigeya, when you're doing a mitzvah, what's happening? Even with the simplest thing that I'm doing the mitzvah because God said so. Hear these words. You are touching You're touching the infinite light himself. 
Because that infinite light is really dwelling and enclosed in the inner, inner, in, inside of that action. And, and you're stimulating that. Now, what did we really say earlier? Not in today's class, but I did discuss it today. But really, we learned about it last week. That the, the mitzvahs are really what the man is giving to the woman, as we discussed earlier, right? It's from his moach, if it's from his brain. But we spoke earlier, how does it come into his chachma? Where is it coming from? It's coming from the... From the hairs of Keter, of the Ein Sof. So that's what he's saying. When you're doing mitzvahs down here, you're actually touching the hair of the level of Keser. Keser is where the, where the lights are purely infinite. And you're pulling at these, at these pipelines, at these cosmic pipelines, from where all the divine attributes are feeding off from one, from these little, from these, but imagine what these what, the, what these forces are. When you're doing the mitzvah, you're pulling on God's hair. That's what he's saying. The hair of the erech which is in Kesar. And where are you pulling that into? Beremach mitzvahs, into the 248 commandments. Not down here. Remach evarim in the 248 limbs of the supernal man. That they should be the ones that are funneling in this mitzvah. And they should be funneling down the 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 flow of supernal which we learned last week, which its root is from the hair of Erech Ampin, which is the long face which represents Keser. And, and what, and, and, but what's the intention? What's the intention with all of this flow of divine energy in the all too powerful, powerful flow through all the entire system? What's its ultimate flow? Is to end up as our tzitzis down here and to help us remember to serve God. And its intention is that it should have an impact down here in the world of free choice. That what? That it should cause us, it's, it's, supposed to te- it's supposed to weaken our ego and cause us to, to bend and yield for God. Canal. So that, so, that, so that what? So we are God's wife and we don't run away from him. That we should be at Isha, we should be his wife. The tzitzis are his way of constantly. In a way, you can say the tzitzis are the tzitzis are our leash. And in this sense, that we don't run away, we remain connected. Ah, but here's a very important point. After we see that uzachartem is called mitzvah Hashem, you will masculinize the mitzvahs. You will draw down all this incredible energy down. But there's one very important provision, one very important condition. The verse says, Do not go astray after your heart. What does that mean? The next verse in the tzitzit says, Do not go astray after your heart. Because in truth, in the world of atzilus, 
in the world's remember we we mentioned there's Atsilo, Spriya, Yatsira, Asiya, the low, three lower worlds. That's that's what creation is. There's the realm of Atsilus where everything is just unified with God. It's only him. In Atsilus, there's no bad. In other words, from from Malchus and upward, past the barrier of Malchus, there's no klipa. There's un, there's no unholy. Because and then one of that, not only is no one there's no independent independency at all. There's no sense of separate consciousness. Everything is him. And therefore, for sure, there's no evil there. Like it's explained in the beer on the Pasuk, which is a mimer we learned this, this year. Not just here, just the, the mimer, the called romance of heaven and earth that I taught a few weeks ago, we discussed this. However, once you step out of Atzilu, so you stop it, you're stepping into the lower worlds. Over there already, especially into the what into the external level called Noga. Noga means the shell already, the glowing shell. Over there, there's already a mixture of good and bad. And even though in Noga there is ten sefiro, ten attributes of Hashem's energy flowing there, that's already over there, there's already a mixture of good and evil. Not in God, but in the creation called Noga, there is a mixture. And the flow of energy can flow into the wrong place. So what does he want to say with this? Let's see. Similar to what it says in the, again, the writings of the Holy Yardain, Regarding the meaning of the word, the Jordan River. There's a river called the Jordan. There's a country called the Jordan. There's a river called the Jordan. And, and it's one, it's, it flows to Israel. So the Arizal says, the Gemara, the, 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 it's a Medrash or something that, in which I think it's either a Gemara or a Medrash where it says, the reason it's called Yardain or something about the Yardain, it takes from here and it puts over here. Maybe it means that sometimes there are things on one side of the Jordan, like every river, and then and 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 and, and, it, and the things that are over there. But since the water comes, it picks it up and, and and carries it over to the other side. You can have, again, I didn't look it up, so I don't know exactly what reference this is. But spiritually, we can understand the the Jordan River is a physical manifestation of klipas noga. Klipas noga is a klipa, it's a shell. It's that which is plugged into holiness. And therefore, there's a certain part of it that's holy. It's connected. But it also has within it a side of the unholy. And therefore, and by and in that, it's a very dangerous thing. Because what it does is, because part of it is holy, it could show up to all the holy parties. In other words, it could show up to all the all the distribution centers, and it has a ticket to go in. You know, where where there's a distribution of life, where there's a distribution of energy meant to go to holiness, Klipas Noga can enter. Why? Because it has a, uh, a electric access card. Because in order to enter, you have to be holy. It is holy. But the problem is, once it takes the energy, it leaks it out to its buddies outside. And, so it's like a, it's a leaker, right? It's a, it's not, 
And that's the idea of Yaradain. It takes from, from Israel and it plants in the Jordan. It plants on the other side. Sometimes it's holy. And sometimes it's klipa. It takes from here. That's why it's called a thief. The Jordan River is a thief. Vashika and 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 other kind of deception, monetary deception. Haniske besabed the mishpatim that is mentioned in the Zohar of mishpatim. Akal neshayim. V'ratzaloyna. What does it mean? Shayadei anoga through the klipas noiga. Nimshachayenika. There is energy flow that's drawn meyakadusha from holiness gamla hara also to the unholy. See, it's this week is Parashat Paraduma. We didn't get to learn Parashat Chukas. So, so the Rebbe, the Alter Rebbe is doing us a favor and making us that we should be learning the Parsha. Like he says in the Maimer, which is this week's Parsha. Okay. Now, so bottom line, here's this thing. What does this have to do with everything we're talking about? Here's the deal. If we are recipients of such enormous godliness, and that's because God wants us to be his wife. He's delivering it all to his wife, to us. And the point over here is that we should take this energy and make this world a beautiful home for God, fill this world with godly light, and also remain attached to him, obviously. It's all part of it. But because we are in the in the in the terrain where you can where the where the road forks off and you can walk this way or go you go to right to the left every moment of life you can move to the right in other words the human being is a, is in a very dangerous place god is in love with us he wants to give us everything but we're in a very dangerous place why because we have within ourselves this mixture of good and bad now what happens if he channels all of his great energies to us but then we go off and we leak it elsewhere. And then we're making a lot, a whole lot of trouble. Because we're giving a lot of strength to that which is negative and dark. So the human being is, is, is and especially the Jewish soul, is, is a very, 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 um, it's, 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 it's a very risky investment for the divine, especially since God has given us access to such incredible lights. That's why Hashem says to us, when he's telling us all about the tzitzis, do you have any idea what you're wearing? Do you have any idea what kind of flow of energy? You have to realize that you're like, you're, you're dressed in this like, it, it. so please, don't go after with your heart because if you're going to carry these tzitzis out into, the, into them, you're going to be sending billions and billions of dollars into the klippas. In other words, you're going to be in, in, in empowering the unholy with such energy. So Hashem says, do not turn away after your heart. Because then you're going to become like a like a Zona. A Zona is an unfaithful wife. She has a husband. Her husband is the one who she's receiving from. If she goes often because someone else has caught her attention, there's two problems. Number one, she's she's receiving from in that intimacy, in that relationship, whatever she's having with that other fellow, she's receiving. So she's becoming contaminated, so to speak, by an outsider. That's number one. But even more damaging is that which she's absorbed from her husband, she's she's transmitting 
to this outsider. And in a case where you're married to God, and when then you go and you take this energy that you're married to God, and in the intimacy you have with the unholy, how do you have intimacy with the unholy? When you receive pleasure from it, from a sin, from anything like that, that's how a soul is now having being unfaithful to her husband. So the verse is saying, don't be, and in that sense, it's like the enormity of the godly flow that you have to be, you know, if we wouldn't be wired up, and it wouldn't be so 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 problematic. But if we are wired up, and we are the ones who have access to the treasures of treasures, that makes it all so much more serious. If chas v'shalom, we allow a hacking to take place. It's basically a hack. You're allowing the unholy to hack you. No good. You got to keep yourself protected. And and actually, in the Torah, we have one of those mitzvot that are meant to check this out. It's referring to a woman who's being suspicious. Her husband suspects her of being, of going off with another man. So he would bring her to the temple and they would do this whole checking. They would give her to drink the water with the mix with the earth and, and she would drink it. So spiritually, what does that mean? Since we are part of us, our body, certain part of us is part of the klipa of noga, of good and evil, a mix of good and bad, we need to check. Because if not, if there is a leakage going on, that can be very dangerous. So, this is the whole idea of giving to drink the sota. This water that can bring a curse. to Now, if the water, however, in the end, if she's clean, not only doesn't it harm her, it actually blesses her. The same is also in every person. We're not tzaddikim. If all the Jewish people, if all of us, every person who wears tzitzis and every person who has access to the 248 commandments would be at tzaddik, like we're going to be after Mashiach comes, we would all be righteous. Then there wouldn't be a problem. But as we learn in Tanya, most humans are not on the level of tzaddik. At best, we're trying to be a benoni. And a benoni means we have two forces operate, you know, for, within us. We have a pull to holy, but we also have a pull to the unholy. So now, in order to make sure that we don't get hacked, now, naturally, if we don't work, and we let the heart be as it is, the heart might have some beautiful moments, spiritual moments, but leaving the heart unchecked, the fires of the heart, the fires of the emotions, will become fired up by all kinds of external temptation. That is inevitable because we're living in a world that is full of garbage and full of stuff that are trying to catch our attention all day long. So it is going to happen. But a person has to work through prayer, through diligent prayer and Torah study, to uproot those desires and wants that are going in the wrong direction and pull it out and not allow it to, to... you start by not following the temptation. Even if you want to, you just don't give in to it. Eventually, you can start putting out those fires and then only have your fire burn for the right things, obviously. That's the desirable state. By your days, uh, so by putting out the unholy fire, by not being a zona, not being a prostitute, so what happens then, you become isha, you become oh, hey, you have your fire for God. 
then one can be the wife of Hashem, a fire for Hashem. We can be the Eish of Hashem. Eish of Hashem. So now, this is that you are a fire of Hashem. But a, a little bit more truer, on a deeper, godlier level, the Eish Hey is Hahei Atzma Yu Bechenas Eish. The Shechina herself, the Hey itself, is the Eish. These are the five powers. Hey is five also. These are the five powers of the female. Oilim Lamaila that rise upward, umismatkim, which is a something we learned about in the earlier Maimon called, or we discussed earlier, the romance of heaven and earth, discussing the burning desire of the Shekhinah and uh, and should be felt by all souls to cleave to her source, to cleave to the infinite. And that's called, for whatever reason, five powers of Gevura, five elements of fire. Umismatkin bamshachas eishyod. Because it's such intense fire to be consumed by the divine, it burns and burns and burns, and it doesn't yield until it gets sweetened when it actually connects to the male fire. When it connects with the male fire, it calms the female fire down. Because the ash, the fire of the yud, even though it's fire, it's really chesed energy. It's like water. So the water comes the fire. These are the powers of Chesed. These are the five higher Gevurois that are Chesedim when they come. I don't know what that means. This idea that it's five Gevurois which are the Chesedim I didn't I remember. I didn't understand it when I looked at it. And I still don't know. When this is the meaning of Lamantizkiru. Now we go back to the, this was all an explanation of what it means, do not be a zona, do not step out of relationship and re-keep your fire to God. And then Lamantizkiru, so that you will, you will, oh, so now he's turning it. Now he's taking it one more nuance. Not only, see, no, 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 it's, 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 it's not that he's turning it. He's being mefarish, he's explaining another part of the, the verse. Great. Earlier we said, which means simply you will remember all of God's mitzvahs. The deeper meaning, you will masculinize all the mitzvahs. Zachar means male. You will male, you will male all the mitzvahs, you will make all the mitzvahs male, which means you will reveal their their male male element. Okay. Then later in the Pasik it says. Don't go after your heart. And if you don't go after your heart, it says again, so that you will remember. But this time it doesn't say, you'll make the mitzvah. simply means, so that you will remember. You will remember. The deeper meaning over here is, so that you too will become male. From being female, you will become male. So what does that mean? Earlier we were talking about masculizing the mitzvahs. Now we're talking that the souls themselves go from female to male. 
You will become the male. In what sense? Male means you, you yourself will become the bestower. Initially in our relationship with God, we're just a recipient. We receive his light. And we, and we yearn. We, have, we spoke earlier. There's the burning fire of desire to receive light. But all we are is a receiver. But then it turns around. And we become the influencer. And that's the idea. You will become male. This is a fascinating thing. Because going back to a few weeks ago, the week before Pasha Shlach was Pasha's Baloscha, which talks about the Kohen lighting the lamps. So the lamps are the souls. Igniting the lamps means when you will fire up the souls with the five gavurais, the five power of, of, of Malchus, the woman's fire, the Eshe, will be fired up. What happens? We're talking about that fire in a relationship. What happens? So we know God is... Going back to the, to the idea that we discussed earlier that Hashem is the man and we're the woman. When the two of them have a, are in a relationship, the sages teach us an interesting thing. What do they say? They say that in, any, in, in, a, in the process of procreation, if the man transmits his seed first, which in the general meaning means that he is the initiator in this in this in this in, in this in this uh, connection. Then what's going to result? The child that's going to be born is going to be female. But if the woman is the one who is the more, she's the one who initiates, and she's the one who who mazrast chilo, whatever that would mean in in this case, then. Um, then the the child that is going to be born is going to be a girl. I'm sorry, it's going to be a boy. The opposite. It, for some reason, it crosses over. From man will come the girl. From the girl, from the woman will come the boy. So this is the same concept that we're learning over here. What he's saying is how feminine energy gets becomes becomes becomes. Um, Transferred into male energy. So when the souls, which is the female, is 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 when you ignite those lamps when they're when, with their desire for isha. So then what happens? Isha mizrast chilo yoleda zacher produces male, and that's here. Is he saying when it's when it's producing male? He's basically saying that she herself is like flipped over into male. So what does that mean? I am Bezoyer Pasha's Truma. So he points us to a, fat, a very interesting Zohar, a Pasha's Truma, Pasha Tazria. Omar Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi says. Now it's interesting. The Rebbe's father in many places explains that Rabbi Yossi is the same numeric value of 86. Yossi is 86. Because Yossi is Malchus. Malchus is 86, Gematria Elokim. So he's a feminine soul, Rabbi Yossi. So he knows this about the woman. He knows it from the inside because even though he was a male, he was a, one of the sages, but his soul is a feminine soul. So what does he say? 
he's 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 talking about the pasuk in Parshas. In uh, this is the one zohar that I looked up from this entire mimer. I looked up this one because um, I couldn't figure out what he's saying over here. So it says that uh, the, the, the zohar seems to be bothered by the pasuk. The woman when the woman conceives, the yolda she will give birth. It doesn't work that way. There's nine months in between. What do you mean? She conceives and she gives birth. It seems like it's like. So the Zohar says, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi says, from the moment the woman becomes pregnant, less love puma, the only thing that's in her mouth is is if her baby will be a boy. Rabbi Yossi's statement is that the woman is very, very, um, she, she will, in her, all of her conversations when she's talking to her friends or whatever it is, she is discussing, I mean, today's days, maybe you don't have to talk about it so much because you go to the doctor and they can do it or whatever and you can figure it out pretty early. But if you don't know, and it is a custom by in Hasidic uh, circles and, and in many of you know, observant services, is not, not, to, not to ask, not to know. Let it be a surprise when the baby is born. But in any case, there is always this inquiry whether it will be a boy or not. So what is that showing you? Well, obviously, you know, whether, I be, whether we'll do a survey and we'll find out if this is true, if all women will always talk about if, if their baby will be a boy or not, or a girl, I don't know. But he's obviously saying something very spiritual, something very deep. And that is that this feminine energy, for whatever reason, she's ovulating. What is that? That's her gavura that comes from her from her, it's a feminine energy. If she wants it to be a boy, or what does that mean? Is that this, there is the seeking of that energy to 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 turn over from fem, from feminine to masculine? And the Ramaz explains that this this feminine energy is upward energy. A desire for transcendence, but the point of the point of of this energy is not upward. The point of it is to trigger a response from him above and cause a downpouring of light, which is called chesed. I shell. commercial, and again, as I mentioned to you earlier, that I, I I was having a hard time when I was reading this piece of the Mimer. So I hope well, we can pulse, we can it can make a little sense. Uh, I guess what he's describing over here, he's describing over here how this, this, How a yearning soul down here below creates, becomes male in the sense, instead of, even though the energy is an energy of of ascendance, yet it creates a, 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 a channeling, a flow. Gevura stimulates chesed. Gevura triggers chesed. So... He's giving an, an interesting example for that. If you have a flame burning down here below, and then you have another wick, a fire higher up, 
So the lower fire, the lower flame, will ignite the higher fire. And that higher fire can ignite a flame that's sitting on top of it. Now, I don't know how close they have to be. Maybe they have to, you have to bring it pretty close. But when you bring it pretty close, the fire will like leap. Number one, I guess the, the wick will pull it. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure how that works. As he says, that, that ignites the fire above it. When the flame goes upward, from lamp to lamp, is higher and higher and higher. And therefore, he seems to be saying at some point, this upward energy lights a, 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 a fire to cause downward energy. How do you see that in the lamps? I don't know. That's why I was confused when I was reading this. Like it's explained on Shabbos, where the worlds ascend. Where one world gets closer to the higher world. And the next world gets closer to the next world. And it goes higher and higher. And then when the next one ascends, the bottom ones are also continually to ascend. So everything is ascending. So and as a result of that, now that you, your energy, your 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 feminine energy, your ish hey, your fire from below. Again, important is that you don't mix your fire with other things. You keep your fire to God. Once you have your fire in the right place, uzachartem, your feminine energy will then become masculine. And what will it do? And through that, you will do all my mitzvahs. So what does that mean? You will now make all my mitzvahs. This is already much higher than what we discussed earlier. Earlier we discussed that through our, our service, what do we do? We lift the mitzvahs up from the from the element of kingship, from the element of malchut, and we uncover in the mitzvahs that they are the 248 limbs of the king, of the Ze'eranpin. And that's the meaning, you will make the mitzvahs masculine. We have to understand something. Even the masculine mitzvahs are the mitzvot of the sefirot, of God, where God is already manifesting as a male. So yes, God manifesting as a male is much higher than God manifesting as female. But the notion that God is fat and is already in an image of male is already a limitation. The ultimate elevation of mitzvahs is that it should not even be the mitzvot of the spherot, it should be the mitzvahs of God's very essence. Hashem's very self himself, the infinite being himself that he transcends all the spherot, over there he's doing the mitzvahs. Those mitzvahs are not called mitzvahs Hashem. They're called mitzvotai, my commandment. So there's three levels of mitzvahs. Mitzvah HaMelech, the mitzvahs of the king. Next mitzvah level of which, which mitzvahs of the king are the mitzvahs as they are in Malchus and Shekhinah. A higher level of mitzvahs is when they're called mitzvahs Mitzvahs Hashem, mitzvahs of Yud Kei Vav Kei. Those are, that's the masculine level of mitzvah. 
And higher than that is reaching God that is beyond male and beyond female, as God is himself. That's called mitzvah time, my mitzvah. So what the, these verses teaching us, that the, the deeper we're going in this mitzvah, in the mitzvah observance, the higher our mitzvahs ascend, higher and higher and higher. So as a result of a zachar tem, you will become male. You'll, you'll, you'll make the mitzvahs male. You yourself will become male. And you will trigger masculine energies from above. What's going to happen? And eventually, sem, you will make that I myself, Hashem's very, very self, as called mitzvah isai, that I will do the mitzvahs. They are the ones who are making the mitzvah. That there should be the flow of the orin self himself. In order for the mitzvah to be for the mitzvah. Number one, you're drawing the infinite light into the mitzvah, but you're also making the mitzvah be a vessel to be able to hold the orin self. Because he's ain't so, as his name implies, he has no end. He is so, so high from any channel. So how then does God channel himself down? They're the ones who draw him down. Now the Tzemach Tzedek further is going to explain this in this in this parentheses over here, in this bracket, he's gonna explain what I just what I what I was just telling you. That because over here it's like very vague, he's not really saying that this is even a higher level than what we discussed earlier. He explains over here. He says over here, it could be that Samach Sadiq is only saying this as a possibility. This is even a higher level than what we discussed earlier. Earlier it said, you will masculinize the mitzvahs. You'll make them male. We, through our mitzvah, we arouse the revelation and the drawing down of the 248 limbs of the king. Which that's called it's called Male, that his chesed, his kindness, which is the Ze'er Anpin, that's called Zachar, it's called male. Okay, now When it says, you will do all my mitzvahs, here it doesn't any, it's not referring to the male element of God, it's referring to Hashem as he transcends all definition. And that's the meaning, my mitzvahs. The drawing down of the Oren, so if literally, into the 248 limbs of the Ze'eranpin. Shakola mitzvahs that all the mitzvahs lesaken are to correct and to fix. The six, the, the, the 248 limbs of the Ze'eranpin. When you draw the Oyrein self into them. And the source of these mochen that you're drawing down is the whiteness, the supernal whiteness, which is referring to the, the whiteness of Keter. And this is the pleasure and the delight that these mitzvahs shouldn't only be God's, God's projections, the mitzvah should be his inner pleasure. And when you pull God's inner pleasure into the mitzvah, then you're really, you're really, really engaging 
Hashem's on a very, 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 very essential level. And that's the idea. And now we'll understand Indian. Now what's what's the concluding verse in this parsha? After all of this will happen. And then there's a very and then what's what's the conclusion? And you will be holy to God. What does that mean? And that's the conclusion. And you will be holy to God. So this is awesome. Kadosh, be, you being holy means you will ascend all the way up to the level of the divine holiness. Which level is really called holy? So remember we discussed earlier, Keter, is the real transcendence. Hashem's light before it goes into any Sephira attribute. That's called Kodesh. Kodesh is almost the word of Kodesh, but with a Vav. And what that means is a flow from Keter, which are the hair that we spoke earlier. Remember we spoke the Tzitzis of the hair coming from Keser. Kodesh, he says, he says, Kodesh, Chenasairis. Kodesh is, God's here is called Kodesh. Beyond the here is called Kodesh, the essence of holiness, the essence of what is removed. Kodesh is a narrow channel where some of that holiness is flowing. Where do we see that here is associated with holy? Well, it's very clear. By the, by the, uh, by the uh, Nazir, Nazir is the person who takes upon himself to be well, the uh, Nazarite, right? Someone who takes upon himself to be a, a uh, removed a little bit from earthy pleasures, separates from wine. It's one of the things is that they let their hair grow. Why is it? Because when you become a Nazir, you're attaching to remove. When you're removing yourself from pleasures, you're really using how you're doing it. If, especially if you're an, if you're an addict, how are you doing that? So you have to hit yourself up with God's remove. Hashem Himself is removed from everything, and when you open your soul, and when a person takes upon themselves nazirot, they are opening themselves up to the level of Hashem, where Hashem is removed from everything, and that's how you can be removed from all the things that were you were so stuck in. Now you disconnect from them. You're removed. You're above it all. But the level of Hashem's transcendence, you can't touch. You get electrocuted. Through the hair, you could. That's why the Nazir needs to have long hair. And that's one of the reasons. Out of all things, like what's the point of giving him long hair? Because that's the only way he can be a successful Nazir. Is to touch that which is transcendent. And that kind of transcendent comes through the hair. So you see, and that's why the, the verse says that when the Torah talks about the Nazir, it says, He should be holy. Let his hair long, grow long. So you see that the holiness by the by the Nazir is in his hair. That's why we also say Samsonite, Shimshon HaGibor, his power was in his hair. Because the Nazir is touching the hair. What does that mean? He's drawing down from the hair of the Erech so just like the Nazir, somehow it's an incredible empowerment that God gives him to be able to, t- to draw down 
from the level of so high from the hearers of Keter. Where else do we find something like that? When we say Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh three times in Shul during the, recita- re- the, re- the, the, the recitation of Shmona Esrei, the repetition of, of the Amidah, and we say Kadosh, 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 the Kedusha. We're also tapping that very, very high light. The Gimel Palom Kadosh connected Gimel Kitsa Desari. Three times Kadosh, because there's three Kutsim of the hair. I don't know what the three Kutsim of the hair are. I'm not sure. Nere the Tzadach Loimer, the Tzadach Tzadik says, Apirish, Keneged Gimel Shemes Havaya Shebemoichen Al Yoinim. Corresponding to the three names of Havaya, that is the supernal Mochen, Derech Ampin, Shemehem Nimshachayud Gimel Kutsim. There is really 13 Kutsim of hair. And they come from three. And this is what's drawn down into the Zerampin, Kabbalistic ideas, and I have no idea what he's talking about. When Shukasim calls Ebe Eitzchayim, Shach Hazaris, go to your local Kabbalist and find out from him what all of this means. Now, Shehem Keneged Gimel Pchenes Biyah, which this is, corresponds to the three worlds, Bri Yitzir Nasida, Sheba Atzilus, Vem Chabad Chagas Nehi, when you look at a letter Yud, you'll see that a Yud has really three dots. On the top of the Yud, there is a little point. On the bottom of the Yud, there is a point. And in the middle of the Yud itself is also a dot. So it's really three dots. All energy flow into the world are through these here, through the Yud, through these here. So therefore we say, Kaddish, 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 three times, which we're tapping these, these very, very, very drawings from a very, very, very infinite place. Coming through these here, for whatever reason, it's three, and that's what makes up the Yud, Kaddish, Kaddish, and from that place, we create Yud Kei which is the entire manifestation of the divine attributes they're all driven from these very, very, let's say, you can only draw because it's so powerful, it's so potent, you can only draw literally hairs from there. And yet these are the hair which create Yudkevavke, which create the entire manifestation of Spherot. And that's the meaning of Kaddish, 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 Havayat Tzavakos, God of Hosts. After the three times Kadosh, which means these three elements of here, then you can have Yud okay? and then God becomes the Lord of hosts. What does it have to do with us? And we're saying like this. Through the tzitzis, and through all the observance of mitzvahs, when we are doing them in a way where we become God's wife, when we are doing them in a way when we're putting out all the other fires, as we discussed earlier, and we remain our fire low, Hashem, and then we're connecting and we're causing we cause the mitzvahs you're making you're, you're creating Hashem's mitzvahs then because then that mitzvah that you're drawing down from the orain soul is going into your soul so you become infused with the Eberster's Kedusha, with God's transcendence. And it's flowing inside of you. 
And as, as a result of that, the Yisem Kedoshim Lelokechem, you will be holy Lelokechem to, to your Elokim. What does that mean? Eloksev Lavaya. It doesn't say the Yisem Kedoshim Lahashem. It says the Yisem Kedoshim Lelokechem to your godliness. What does that mean? What's going to happen is you're going to, you are going to transcend Malchut, the level of Malchut, way beyond Malchut. You're going to become the holy one to Malchus. Malchus the Shechina is being considered much lower than you because you're ascending so high to the level of Kaddish, you're going to become the source of holiness where do we find similar to that? Moshe was called Ish Elokim. Simple meaning is he's a godly man. On a much deeper level, he's Ish. He's the husband to Elokim. He is the one giving life to Elokim. He's channeling energy to Malchus. Because Moshe's neshama rose way beyond Malchus. And he became the funnel of life to Malchus. He became the husband to her. And here it's saying that Moshe is telling us as a result of our mitzvah observance, especially when we uncover within the mitzvahs the higher, 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 all the way to the mitzvah sign my mitzvahs, which has to do with these kutzei desaira, which has to do with these here, which is again in, in the tzitzes, then what are you getting? You will be so holy that you're you are now ascending way beyond Malchus, which is which Malchus is called the lower unity. You're in a level of oneness with God way above the lower unity. Where do you see Malchus is the lower unity? Because Malchus is the power of Anachnuk. When we talk about Malchus, it's all about you kneel and you bow down, which kneeling and bowing down indicates that there is something other than God that needs to bow to him and needs to surrender to him. That's the meaning of koyrim mishtacham. That's the level of malchus. But your level of consciousness has transcended that you don't have to kneel and bow. You are him. You don't have to bow to him. You're now just included in his true truth of his existence. You're in a state of Yehudi Allah on a higher unity, which is much lower than the lower unity. Bitalayesh. Malchus is called Bitlayesh, which is Yesh means your that there is something that's nullified. Upidish and the meaning is and the Jewish people draw down the here, the Yisem Kedoshim. You draw down the holy here, the, the level of Kadesh, Lelokechem to Malchus. You're the one responsible bringing her down those hairs. Leah's bittel canal so that she can be the wife of God. So, as we said earlier, her fire comes from his fire coming through his hair. You will have such cosmic impact, Pat. That, so, I, I think I might have been saying it wrong. I was saying that we will ascend beyond Malchus. In his, in his last words, it doesn't seem to be saying that. In his last words, he's saying, that as a consequence of our mitzvahs, even when we are in physical bodies down here below, and obviously constituents of Malchus, we're part of her team, we're part where we're her children, we're her. But the impact of our mitzvahs is 
is, is, as we said earlier, resonating way beyond Malchus. Not only in the masculine lights, but all the way up in the Keter energy, all the way up into the here of the Orin Sof, and drawing down from there that level of Kedusha to Malchus. You will bring down Kedusha to Malchus so that she now will be so that the source of creation is therefore invigorated by these powerful illuminations coming from above, keeping her connected to him as opposed to the creation drifting away. Um, which brings about that there should be bitl and, and surrender even in Biya, which in the three lower worlds, that's why it says, don't call the Jewish people children, call them builders. Build who? We construct Malchus, we construct her. We're building her up to be a wife to her husband through our mitzvahs that we do. So everything is really, is really, is really in our hands. So now he continues. So here I learned. The next part I never learned even. But it's part of the mimer. And I don't want to have this sitting around for next week. So if you're tired, you can run out, hit the door now. We're going to go a little further. Let's finish it. We'll do it fast. Let's suppose we'll do it fast because I don't know what it says. But let's try What's the last verse? After the Yisim Kedoshim Aleichem, you will be holy to God. What does it say? I am Hashem, your God. I should say, I took you out of Egypt. Piddish, the the sages say, in the verse where it says, you should be holy. So the sages ask a question. And this is again in, 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 in Leviticus, in, in, in Vayikra. It says, you should be holy. So the sages asked the question, you would think you would be as holy as me. And the verse says, I am holy. Which means, my holiness is higher than yours. What does it mean? My holiness is higher than yours. Simple. God is holier than us. That's simple. The deeper meaning is, there is an arousal of above that comes through our arousal from below. Ah, there is there is different types of divine stimulation or divine arousal. When something of one of them is that God's becomes triggered, so to speak, and inspired and aroused to channel and give energy to the world through us. We excite him. And that's the meaning you will be holy to God. What does that mean? Like we said earlier, we said earlier that through our mitzvahs, we stimulate the here to go down to Malchus. So we're the one that's called you are the ones who are triggering God's holiness, God's transcendence to reveal itself. That the Jewish people through our arousal from below, we draw down the arousal from above. 
Like we said earlier, we draw down the three times Kaddish. Okay, however, but then there's something else. There is an arousal from above that comes before we even do anything. Why? Because without God giving us a little, a little, a little hand, we we would we we would become completely distracted. We would become completely check out, like we sometimes do. We check out. We're not focused on our on our spiritual and um, 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 abilities and on our great tremendous responsibilities. Instead, you know, we, we get lost in the material world. So Hashem continuously wakes us up. That's that's the opposite. His arousal is coming before we're aroused, before we're excited. There is an arousal of above that comes before our work. To help us come up. Now, when God extends himself before we do anything, from a certain perspective, it is far greater than from that which we arouse. Why? Because when we're arousing, we can only arouse to as far as we can reach. And we understand that as great as, as, as Hashem has empowered us, but there's still a limit. So we can only reach into him to a certain degree. But when he is initiating, he's initiating and he's initiating. So that, that's not measured based on how, you know, when he's responding to us, then it's a response to us. So it's measured by us. But when he's not responding to us and it's coming from him, then there's no limit. Sorry. Because the arousal from below can't reach this place. Like the Baal Shem Tov says, So the Baal Shem Tov says something beautiful. Where do you see this? That God wake these, these like, Hashem is, Hashem is stimulating us on his own. Which is coming from a very high place. So the Balshemtov explains this is the meaning of the voices that come from heaven. The Mishnah says that there's every day there is a, announcements being announced in heaven, saying, calling for the Jewish people to, to, to do tshuva, to do repentance. And the Balshemtov asked the question, no one hears it. What's the point of having these announcements if no one hears these announcements? Haven't they learned in heaven that no one is listening? What's the point of an announcement? So the Balshemtiv says we do hear it, and that is the fact that sometimes we get this like sense out of nowhere, like, oi, you know, I should, I should be, I should be more, I should go to a class, I should learn, I should do. Where does that come to us? You know, we're busy, you know, watching YouTube, and then, and then suddenly we say, hey, we should go to the shir. <laughs> like, where's that coming from? And that's coming because because of these 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 um, calls from above. We don't hear it in our ears. We don't hear the audio of it, but our soul picks up and and gets a little tremble. And that's what you know suddenly creates within us this this desire for improvement, the desire to get closer. But these are the thoughts of tshuva that occur. And Bama Maila, 
They come from above. She'ein adam oisam umim etzad atzma. The person didn't do anything on his own. And this is so. This is similar to the beginning of creation. Once God created the world, He really, really, really wants us to be the ones who are doing it all. He really wants it to come from us. But in the beginning, when He created the world, there was no one to do, so He had to initiate. So since He did it, then He continues to do it as well. And that is like the beginning of creation. God desired kindness. Now, this is the meaning when it says in, 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 in that midrash, when it says, when the verse says, be holy, and because I am holy. And, and, and the midrash says, well, if, if it says be holy because I'm holy means almost like you can be as holy as me. So the midrash asks, you would think that you can be as holy as me? And the answer is no. My holiness is greater than your holiness. What's the deeper meaning? Who would have thought that our holiness is as holy as God? The, the Midrash has to tell you that. The answer is it's not talking about, we're not talking about here who's holier. That's not a question. The question over here is there's two types of holy energy. One is a holy energy. There's two types of holy. Let's put it in, in, in modern words so easier to understand. There's two types of downloads of holiness. One of them we stimulate and one is God on his own downloading. And it's saying that the one that, so our holiness means, when we say your holiness, doesn't mean you being holy. It means the holiness that you stimulate above to be downloaded. That's also God's holiness. But that's God's holiness that, that, that we could trigger. And then there is God's holiness that we can't trigger because you can't reach so high. And that's called my holiness is higher than your holiness, meaning that when I'm initiating, it's coming from a higher place. Now, in other places, in Hasidus, it explains, even though it's coming from a higher place, it's less satisfactory to him. And therefore, eventually, ultimately, it doesn't reach him so deeply. It's a whole discussion because sometimes it explains like this and sometimes it says like this. Here it's emphasizing that the holiness that when he is the one who is initiating is coming from a higher place. And on this it says, My holiness is higher than yours. The Because if it would mean the simple meaning that I'm holier than you. What does he have to tell us? That his holiness is higher than ours. Ah, this is good. This is great. We're following the, the verse of Shema. You hear? We're following the verse of Shema. We're saying earlier that God is saying what we can accomplish. God is saying, whoa. What is he saying? He's telling us, you should make tzitzis or the isamoy, when you will see these sitzes who's a chartim is called mitzvah Hashem, you will masculinize the mitzvahs. But but be careful, don't go anywhere else. Stay focused on me. And then what's gonna happen? You will become male energy. Even though you're female, you'll become male. And not only that, you'll be able to affect the vasis. You will cause me to do the mitzvahs. This is all what we are accomplishing, what we're doing. We're causing he himself, which is the orange self, to come down. And we discussed those are the three years. So much so, the Yisem Kedoshim, that you will become the stimulators of my holiness. But after everything God says, I want to play as well. 
You're doing it all, but I want to get involved as well. I am God that takes you out of Egypt. That's that's the holiness coming from God that he's downloading that's not dependent on us. That's where he's kicking in on from levels that we can't reach. So even though we spoke about reaching so high, which are the 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 the, the, the three hairs of the Kaddish, 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 but that's all part of Kedushaschem, your holiness. And then there is Kedusha, see my holiness. And that's the Ani Hashem Elokeichem Asherat I am God who's taking you out of Mitzrayim. That's on the that's on the Yisurusadeli Eila, the arousal from above that's not dependent on us. That I take you out of Egypt. That means I'm stimulating you. The Yisurusadeli to awaken you from your sleep. And after that, what is it? Because what does the verse say? Ani Hashem Elokeichem Eschem Eretz Mitzrayim. I took you out of Egypt. Lios Luchem Lelokim to be to you as a god. Ani Hashem Elokeichem. I am God, your God. So what's the difference between them? What's the last three words? So Ani Hashem Elokeichem Eschem is referring to God initiating. We spoke. Hashem saying, even after you've done and reached this, there is still a level of higher. I am God who took you out of Egypt. And then, I am God, your God. That's the arousal from above that comes through your work. I guess that I would say that this last verse is a summary after everything. As you get and you reach the highest levels, you will be the channelers of holiness to your God because you will be male. You will be able to draw down my holiness to Malchus like we discussed earlier. Then we're stepping back and we're saying, God, God says, now let's, let's rewind a little bit. Let's see where, how this all worked out. Number one, that's talking about initially you were in Egypt. You were totally out for lunch. You were totally not there. I'm God, your God. That's the arousal from above. That's that's uh, that he does. And then, why is he repeating it again? And now, after I stimulated you and you started doing something, now, I'm God, your God. Your God, because you're channeling. Which is the idea of Korah B'Torah. We read Torah and we're calling God into the Torah. We draw the Orient Sof into the Torah. And in general, all the mitzvahs. Is to make a unity between HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is transcendental lights, and the Shekhinah. Uh, uh, that's what I said earlier that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the Olamos Ein Sof, it's still the infinite Shechinte Malchus Shechina is Malchus I told you earlier that Shechina is the mother already of the creation she's the beginning of the limited worlds the source of the Jewish souls and Bria Tzir and Asi are considered separate worlds now, beyond self, the three lower worlds, they're separated. And therefore, the unity between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Shekhinah doesn't reach there because 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu cannot dwell where there is separation. But we're in Malchus itself and in when the creations ascend, the Jewish souls ascend into Malchus by being a wife to Hashem and having that bittel, they too join into the unity. And that's the Yichud Kuchibirichu Ushechinte. In other words, the, the Yichud can't be outside of Shekhinah, which is an actual the creations. But the Yichud could be in HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Shekhinah. So therefore, as a result of our bittel to the Eberstein and so forth, is, 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 uh, so why is he, what, what, what's his whole conclusion over here? V'derech klal, kol ha-mitzvah, what's V'derech klal? All the mitzvahs are l'shem yichol kuchu I guess this is what we're learning about. This whole, it's, it's all about this, remember we spoke earlier about the blue fire. It's all about the blue tzitzis. It's all about this point of bitl ayesh, of inclusion into the unity of God, which is the inclusion of shechina and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which again, and, and we discussed the various different, the various different components of how HaKadosh Baruch Hu channeling on levels higher and higher and higher, triggered by our Asiya Samitzvahs. But ultimately, it's all about to bring about this, this fusion of Hashem and the world through Hashem's union with the Shekhinah. Where is that? That's the point with a, with a point of contact. Now we'll go very quickly through this part. This will also explain, we go turn over the page. What the sages say, on the verse where it says that Korach took. After Shalach, the next parsha, which was last week's Torah portion, spoke about Korach. Korach staged a revolt against Moshe. And in that revolt, what happened? In that revolt, Korach staged against Moshe, he, it says that Korach was, was laughing off the mitzvah. He wanted to prove Moshe was a, was a hoax. Moshe wasn't real. Moshe was not fabricating the mitzvahs. So what would he do? He was saying that he, brought, he, he dressed up in a, in a talit that the entire talit was made out of blue wool. And he asked Moshe if a talit that's completely made out of blue wool, if it needs tzitzes, the strings, the fringes. And Moshe said, yeah. So he started laughing and he said, eh, see, that doesn't make any sense. He said, if one string of blue is enough to make a whole talent that's not blue kosher, if the whole thing is made out of blue, it's for sure kosher. Therefore, your mitzvahs don't make any sense. God couldn't have said it, and he laughed it off. And this he was meant to prove that everything else Moshe says is not, is not, is not, shouldn't be taken seriously. So, but what's the deeper meaning? What he took the talus with the tchelas? What, what did he want over here? He asked, is it obligated or put? It will be explained in the mime of Ayikach Korach, which we learned years ago. The Tainas Korach, the Korach's argument was, The Talus is the, the lights of the Makif itself. See, we learned earlier, 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 I was telling you that the, in our, that the Talus as, is, the, is, the, is Malchut, it's called a garment that conceals God. And the four corners is already considered the beginning of creation. And the, and the, and the tzitzis is drawing very, very high lights down into the, into, into the beginning of creation 
to bring the bittel into creation. That's what we learned in the beginning of the mind. But there is another explanation, which is not that explanation, and that is that the tzitzes are small little strings, because based on what I told you, the tzitzes then are much holier than the talit. The tzitzes are bringing holiness into the talit. But there is another explanation when you see the talus as the as 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 keter as the crown itself, and the tzitzis are the hairs of keter emanating from it. Okay, so that's what he's asking. Is the encompassing light itself? and the strings of the There's only the hair. Cyrus, the hair that we said that has no comparison to the makif. And if so, how can it be? How can it be the talus made up of blue wool? And the, which means the encompassing light on its own. There's no mitzvah in it. Only through this little strand, with his little narrow flow, now it becomes a mitzvah. And what was his intention? By this, it will also cha- challenge. The 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 kohuna the the priestlyhood of Aaron. Now, how is he challenging the priestlyhood of Aaron by by saying this? Is discussed elsewhere, not over here. Okay. But the main mitzvah is only through a strand, not through a talus made out of chelas. Because as long as, let's say, the talus represents this encompassing energy, it's very, very high. This is a very important idea. We can be touching upon very, 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 very high, incredible lights and incredible energies. But if we don't internalize it, then it's not really impacting us. And the purpose is to internalize. I'll give you a little example. Tomorrow night is going to be a very holy time. Shabbos. The mere fact that you enter into Shabbos, you're entering into such a godly space. And that's it, even if you don't do anything. Even if you sleep through the entire Shabbos, you enter into a very high godly space. You're in a godly zone. But if on Shabbos you take out a book and you study a little bit about Shabbos, so that means you're opening your mind and your heart and your being to the to the spirituality of it. And you're allowing a little bit to drip, drip, drip into your being, into your soul. And then that's internalizing and that's what's making you holy in the inside. The famous story was one of the Hasidim of the Alter Rebbe, of Rav Shner Zalman of Liadi, who was traveling towards Liadi. And he was, I think it was maybe Rav Shmuel Munkis. He was freezing cold and he was walking and walking. Miles and miles to walk. A person drove by with a carriage and he saw this old chassid walking. Whether he recognized him or not, I don't know, but he invited him onto the wagon. He said, you want to hop onto my wagon? If you're going in that direction, I'll take you. So off he went. But he was shivering. It was freezing cold. And he was sitting amongst barrels and barrels and barrels of vodka, of alcohol. And he was sitting there. And then at a certain point, the guy told him, you can have a drink or whatever. So he took the little whatever and he filled himself up with this and he drank. Then he became warm. And he said, and then when he came to the, to the, to the to Lubavitch, he came to the Hasidim, he said, I have an incredible lesson. 
You can be sitting surrounded with barrels of vodka and you'll freeze like crazy. But if you take a little bit, not a barrel, you don't need a barrel, a little bit, but you take it in the inside, ah, that warms you up. That's the thread of the trevas. You got to take a little bit in the inside, you know, enveloping yourself in a lot of intense godliness. But if it's not being internalized, you're not absorbing it, you're not... You're not thinking about it. You're not. You're not. You're not thinking about how it applies to your life. It's garnished. But it has to have it a, a panemius. Now we'll soon we'll see how this all connects to to what we were learning earlier. Well, where's this going? Let's see how this will connect. We'll see. Let's hope we'll see. Again, I don't know what he says. Let's check. Only through the strand of the tzitzis does this makif light enter. To affect the person to have love and fear of God. Based on, this is primarily what it discusses in that mind. Based on what we learned over here about the thread of Tcheles, this will be understood even better. We explained earlier that the Tcheles comes from the father element. Remember, we said that's why um, the father gives it to the daughter. That's what we learned earlier. Chachma is being drawn to Malchus. And we said, remember last week we also learned this. I didn't review this this week. The reason why we don't have Tcheles in Golos. Remember, we said the last 2,000 years we don't have Tcheles. We do have white sitters, but we don't wear the blue string. Because we learned that the, the white is, is the Moichen is, is, is of Bina. But the but the blue is the moichan of Abba, and that's so high that we it's too lofty. We don't have that in the time of exile. So, and what's its purpose? To bring the bittel of chachma into malchus. In order that in the world where there is yesh, what does yesh mean? In the world where there is separation and there is beingness. No, she should surrender, and that should be meaning that's the tchelas that it should be. Uh, it should be blue, which is that idea of the fire burning something that's not godly. That was the whole purpose. But you got to bring Chachma down into Malchus. And Tcheles is from the Gevura element of Father. Dafka from Chachma comes that power that there should be the Bitlayesh. And the reason is, why does it have to be the Gevura element from Chachma? Because in order to be able to concentrate the Chachma down, that it should be able to affect even in a place where there is such coarseness, where there is Yesh, this is only through Gevura. That internal light can only come from Gavura. Because Gavura concentrates. It's the idea is like this, teacher. A person can be can be can be um a person could Project and reveal and teach and illuminate, but if they're not considering the student, 
then the then 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 I feel that's true about this class, but even myself as well, because this class was very Kabbalistic and I and I didn't get a chance to prepare. So since I didn't prepare, a lot of the a lot of the concepts are still way up there instead of being brought down. But in order to bring something down, you need to concentrate. You need to, you need to find example, and, and sometimes you need to like lessen it so that the, you can give someone little pieces, bite-sized pieces of, of information, small things. It takes an enormous strength of of concentration, compressing. Sometimes it requires even diluting. Best if you don't dilute, you just compress. But if it's not no choice, yeah, something's got to dilute as well. But the point over here is that in order to bring something down in premius, it requires a gavura element. A gavura is a concentration. You'll see it also. How does the soul, we see it physically, how does the soul bring give life into the body, into the individual organs? A soul is so spiritual. How does it suddenly drop down into become physical energy? And the answer is it does through it does so through the blood. Now blood is gavura. It's red. It's hot. It's gavura. You would think the soul enlivening the body is expansion. It's chesed. It's it's revelation. No, no. It's concentration. Like you find that the soul, the life, the soul's energy that's not Gevura, that's flowing just like, wow, that's not in the limbs. It's the aura maybe around the person, you know, the color you see. It's some kind of a energy that's, that, that we have these encompassing energies around us, but they're not concentrated into the body only through Gevura. Like it says, his right hand embraces me. It's an outside energy, not an internal energy. He's explaining why. So in order to get down to Malchus, to bring Bittel into the creation, where there is Yash, it's the Gevura element of Father, and that's what Tchela's blue color, the bluish color is the Gevura. In order to bring down Bittel, even in a place of Yash, it means to draw down Amshacha in a Pneumius, a little should go in, Gamkein. It should go down deep inside his heart. It requires Gevura, it requires concentration. Or compression. It comes from the concealed Chach. Which over there is the gavura of Atik Yomin. That's the source from where all bittel comes from, which is what a birur means. When you're doing a birur, birur means elevating sparks, refining sparks. To refine sparks of holiness means to bring something from a state of disconnect to a state of connect. In order to do that, you have to shine that light into into the kishkas, into the into the innards of whoever it is that you want to bring a bittel, that they should feel the godliness, understand it, and appreciate it, and surrender themselves. It takes a, it takes it takes a concentration. In order that it should come down to pnimius, that's why it needs to have a chut of tchelas. You, you might argue, and I'm going to make a strong argument now, that the Balshemtov is the talus. 
and all the other Hasidic masters outside of the Chabad stream are all part of that big Tcheras. This powerful energy of godliness. But the Alter Rebbe, what he did is he brought it down into threads. And that's the idea that he brought it into intellect, into understanding. And you have to study, and you have to learn. And that's how you take it in. Or else it's just you go to a Hasidic place and you're just swept up with energy. And it's powerful. But not necessarily it's going to have a long-term impact. It requires, it will only remake you and completely transform you. You can take drip by drip by drip by drip. It's concentration. When it's a little narrow thread, it goes inside the inside. The same idea applies even higher to the the little hairs coming from Erech and also the same idea, narrow. Which isn't the case of the talus itself. Even if it's completely treles, it's completely blue. It's still in its expansive state. And the bitl is not affecting us in the inside. It needs to go through the threads. He explained over there that the ray of love and fear, the fear is the tcheles, and the love is the is the white part of the tzitzis, the white and the and the blue. They're called toiras adam. The talis is the levush and the makif of Torah and mitzvahs. These are the godly mitzvahs. And the 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 little bits of lights, the little threads of lights that are coming from Torah and mitzvahs, that's called Torah Sa'adam. I would have to look up over there where it says this in which context he's saying it. Not enough to just have the Torah, just have these. You have to have it applying to you. You have to have those threads. And then you can appreciate the quality of the garment itself. In other words, the garment is much greater than the tzitzis. The garment is the full. But if you don't have the threads, then you don't even appreciate the garment because you're disconnected from the whole thing. It's bigger than you. It's so lofty. It's so removed. You don't appreciate it. They just say, did you set time to Torah? Setting time to Torah means bringing the Torah. The Torah is timeless, but you got to set time for it, which means you got to put it into your daily schedule. You got to bring it into time and space. It's got to enter into the, into the little narrow channels of life. Or pilpalta b'chachm. Did you do a pilpal in chachm? But nevertheless, what does the sages say? If you fear God, good. If not, not. That's even the next stage. In other words, yeah, number one is bringing the Torah down. But even further, there has to be the threads of love and fear, which has to enter into your heart. So the, the, the Midrash says it's a, a metaphor to a person who tells his 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 um his his agent or his servant, he says, 
take up, bring up a, you know, fill the storages with wheat or bring it up to their attic. And he brought it up and then he said to him, did you put in a little bit of that, uh, did you put in a little bit of this bug protection? Anti-bug, uh, anti-worm or anti or anti-mold uh, thing. I mean, they had some kind of preservative they would put in. He said, if if you if you did good, if you didn't, what am I going to have with all the wheat you put up there? Next week I'll come up, I'll be all moldy. So the, the Gemara is using that. A person can have a lot of Torah. But if you don't put in a little fear of God in it, that's the, that's the preservative. He said, then better you never took it up there. The Indian, what's the example? Why the wheat? Wheat is the Torah. Because wheat in Hebrew is chita, and chita is, is, is gematria 22. So it represents the 22 letters of the Torah. That's why matan Torah is given on shvuas, the time when the chitim are ripe. That's, that's the wheat harvest is the time of Shavuos. What is this little bit of preservative you have to put in? Rashi says it's salty earth that they would put in. They would sprinkle a little salty earth and that would act as a preservative. So what is spiritually what that means? You should never stop Putting salt into your into your um, meal offerings to God. Explains in the writings in the Ari Shamelach Gimel Gavurais Memutakais that Melach salt is Gavura that is sweetened. Melach Oisius Lechem. It's the same letters as bread. The Gematria Mazla. Same idea like Tcheles. It comes from the Gevura element of Father. Since Melach comes from the the Gevura element of Father, that's why. What do we use? What do we use Melach for? What do we use salt for? When we want to take blood out of something, we we want a kasha. We want to make something kosher. You put. Taking the blood out is a process of making it kosher, which means separating the non-good from the good. Gevura does that, as we spoke earlier. The gevura element is that ki is because ben comes that biru. You have to mix it in to the to the Torah. It's not enough to have Torah, but you have to have Torah with an internalized understanding and appreciation of of God and as a result of that it leads a person to fear of Hashem and to Bittle even where there's ego or where there's self there should be Bittle from there comes fear he says did you mix in for me what is the lotion that you mix in for me? If you add in the fear of God, then the Torah and the wheat, they're me. They're called Hashem's Torah. 
Torah without fear, it doesn't have that. Even though a core, which is a large amount of, of wheat, is very, very valuable, it's not worth anything if it doesn't have that small measure of this uh, preservative. Better that you never brought it up. The same is also true. It doesn't have that the Gavura element of, of father. Yeah. Which, which brings the bittle. If it doesn't have that, then a whole lot of Torah, which is a whole lot of makifim lights, a whole light of Torah mitzvahs and everything, but if it doesn't have that, that ability to bring bittle ayesh, that's the whole maimar, the whole chutam of the tzitzis is, that Hashem shines a little bit that goes into, internalized into our hearts, to feel him, and therefore have bittle to him. And you shouldn't wonder that Tcheles comes from the Gevura of Chachma. And Melach and salt also comes. How can you have two things representing the same thing, salt and Tcheles? The answer is, In one level called Gevura is the Abba, the Gevura of element, there's many levels. One aspect of it is the salt. Another aspect of it is the blue dye, the color of Tcheles. Okay, what we say, Tfilin shal yadu b'malchus. For example, we say the tfilin shal yad is malchus. Tchem is beach achitzay. We say the outer altar is also malchus. So which one is malchus? The outer altar or the tfilin shal yad? The answer is in malchus there are different facets. Or but I'm isbeach ene atoy a mitzvah sanochus tfilin shal yad kayemes. You don't have them as beach today, <coughs> but you still have the mitzvah of putting on tfilin shal yad. In every sphere you have many levels. I was thinking also, it doesn't say it, but for example, you say Rachel is Malthus, and Sarah is Malthus, and Rivka is Malthus, and Esther is Malthus, and Devorah is Malthus. All, all female um, um, heroes in the Torah are all Malthus. So how can Malthus be so many? The answer is each one is another, is another facet of Malthus, expressed in their name and their... And by yet, if they're from the same level, they have the same, they have some somewhat a connection. And that's why by the kohuna of Aaron it says, Bris Melach Oilam. He has the he has the covenant of salt. Just like Melach is the power of Chachma that does Biru can now be in Kavchuntin. Oh, the beard of Aaron, because by Aaron we emphasize very much his beard, which again are thin strands, same idea, a little bit of godliness that can be internalized and go down very, very far because of its intensity and bring about what bittel even in a in a non-bittel place. So, that's why Aaron was the one who lit the menorah, which means he turned on their fire. He brought them to a state of bittel. And it was all connected to his beard. And they're the same. Aaron's beard is the same idea with the chutim of the tzitzis. The same idea. The beard of Aaron, the tzitzis here. And, the, and therefore, by Aaron, it also mentions that God says, I'm giving to you the kahuna with salt. A covenant of salt. So it's like salt never gets ruined. Your kahuna will never get ruined. It's, what's the relationship? It's because this is all related to gavura. 
the gavura element of chachma. The Indian echad of chutei tzitzis tchelas v'lav on kenam. I must cause a parsha by Lois, Hasanes, Hayaka Shlechi Godolan, Shua, Mamshak, Kayakalolis, Neravine, Shmas Adam. Okay, I winged it. Okay, I will say that 100% that I winged this because if we really learned this well, then we would understand it much better. I winged it. Next week, I'm not going to wing it. I'm going to have time this coming week to invest myself and teach next week's mimer the way we should, Bezrat Hashem.